Welcome to the Finding Your Space podcast with me, Ray Dodd. This podcast is all about the various ways we show up in the world as ourselves. But what if we have a ton of preconceived ideas about who we can be and who we should be? I think most of us do. (laughs) What if we find ourselves drawn to a career or business model that we feel unsure about? I am a recovering cynic, shall we say? And so this happens for me a lot. Maybe we've judged the business in the past. Maybe we've judged people in that business in the past. And that's something that both my guests today and myself have come up against a lot. In this episode, I'm bringing a chat that started in WhatsApp with my brilliant friend, uh, Nicola Ray Wickham, into your ears, minds. I was trying to decide how to say that. I don't know, one of those things. And when we started this conversation privately, I knew I had to firstly talk to Nicola more about it and B, I really wanted to do it publicly. I really wanted to invite people into this chat. We've tried really hard here to not be judgmental about what we're saying. Um, We're talking about the coaching industry. We're talking about some of our issues with it and also where we didn't see ourselves reflected in it for various different reasons. Some that we share, some that we're never going to share. I love talking to Nicola. I could do it all day. And this is really a peek into what it's like when we bump into each other at events or um, yeah, see each other when we're out and about. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. My guest today is, I think I probably start all the podcasts with so, it's like one of those Instagram story words, isn't it? Like, anyway, um, so today my guest is the marvellous Nicola Ray Wickham. I've actually put my guest today as one of my favourite people from the internet. True story. Um, So me and Nicola met on the internet, but we've also met in real life quite a few times now. Yeah, yeah, we have. Four times. Um, So, um... So Nicola is a mentor, a creative mentor, um, and we're going to talk about those titles as we go on. I put coach and I've crossed it out, so we can do that. And the creator of the most beautiful affirmation cards that I think exist, because I give them to all my clients when they sign up with me. Um, And I was recently going through a bit of a a tricky one, is how I'm going to describe it. And Nicola and I spent quite a lot of time (laughs) WhatsApping each other, and Nicola was a massive help. But in amongst that WhatsApping, a theme for both of us came up and this month's topic is comparison and for me and when I approached Nicola about this she's like I'm not sure it is comparison for me which I think is good because I think we can just talk about that but I definitely think for me this issue is rooted in some comparison stuff for me and also like representation and like the the sort of people we see in front of us and whether or not they reflect who we are, which I think we can also talk about from very different perspectives, but probably having similar and not similar outcomes. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, we both identified this issue and which has kept us stuck in our businesses, I think both of us at different points. So I just wanted to explore that and I don't even know how to introduce this. I'm making it so mysterious. So... <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself and then we'll get on to the topic? Do you want to say a bit more about who you are and what you do? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to be here and having this conversation with you, Ray. Um, so I'm Nicola Ray Wickham. I'm a creative mentor, which basically means is I help women take the ideas that are on their hearts and in their minds and make them something real. Um, I create affirmation cards, as Ray says, and I spend a lot of time jumping around on Instagram stories, <laughs> sharing my views on creativity and um, really just kind of almost coming home to yourself and those dreams that you've maybe parked or not realised and you're ready to actually do something with them, um, kind of riffing off of that. So yeah. yeah. And one of your things is dreaming and doing, isn't it? So it's about like making space to dream, but also actually doing the stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot. Um, so the thing we're gonna I'm not gonna keep you in suspense any longer. The thing we want to talk about is both Nicola and I have really struggled with um kind of entering into the world of coaching or mentoring. And I was gonna tell the story if you might have heard this, I don't know. The, I remember when I had this idea for this business, and um I was in my kitchen, I remember it so clearly, and I was like, Oh, I've got this idea, and at the time I was working with mums mainly so I was like I want to do something that kind of helps mums with their mindset so they can do their business with that business and that motherhood and I just literally went oh shit I want to be a coach and like I had this like oh no <laughs> just so that was my instant reaction was like oh, I, no 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 even though I was working with like I was work I wasn't working with the coach that I work with now in the way I do now but I was on one of her e-courses which is where we met even though I was in that and I thought what she was doing was great, I was just like, mm -mm, no, no. And um, what did you, how did you kind of feel when you realized that's what you were heading towards doing? I was, well, I was working with the same person yeah. <laughs> a few years ago, lovely Susie. And um, it was when I first started. So the reason I started working with her, I had a business called The Social Stylist and I was helping small businesses with their marketing because that's what my background was and it was wedding businesses specifically because I used to be a wedding blogger way back in the day we're talking about this is like five years ago um and so it felt like a natural progression it's what I know it's who I know so that's what I started off doing and then as I was wor working through this coaching program as a coachee I was like I've got this other idea that I love a bit like you that yeah. I just adore um and I was creating products. It would be a shop initially. So it was the affirmation cards, affirmation products, but then also working with women to help them similar to you with their mindset so that they could kind of, at that time, it was all about living a more inspired and intentional life and sharing these tools with women. And then it was suggested to me about coaching and I had exactly the same reaction. I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> Do I have to really? Is that what it is? Um, so it's so funny that we had that reaction to it. And can you identify why you had it? I think I had it because I didn't want to be one of those people. Yeah. And to be honest, that was before I'd really entered the world. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't really know what it was I was entering. So I suppose my initial feeling was, am I qualified, good enough? Like I don't have all my shit sorted out. So yeah. how am I going to help other people? Yeah. Um, and then as I got further into the world, the online world, cause it then happened very rapidly. You kind mm -hmm. of discover, you start following different people and you discover that there's a whole big wide world on the internet. I was like, I don't want to be like those people. 
So we're going to really, really try. I'm going to say this now. <laughs> because like covering our face up. So we're going to really, really try to say that this is about our responses to people. This is not about judging what people have done. And I don't know about you, but I've since discovered, so I'm going to be really honest. I don't think I know how not to be honest. I've noticed that about myself. Like I'm constantly like, wait, really? Did you have to be that honest? Um, but I've since discovered people who are coaches and mentors that I really do um, see myself in, in different ways. But I, at first I didn't yeah. at all. <laughs> and I think that's the thing, isn't it? When you're first entering into it, you're seeing all of the, this can sound really judgy and I don't mean it to, but you're seeing all the Facebook ads. Yeah. Yeah, you're seeing, you might be doing a Google search, you're seeing what Google's throwing up. And yeah. so it's not necessarily throwing up like the peeps that you are aligned to or exactly. where you see yourself fitting. And I do feel like five years ago, four years ago, the landscape was quite different to how it is now. And mm -hmm. so if we, if some of us feel like there's a bit of a cookie cutter model out there now roll back three or four years and that cookie cutter model was all you saw yes so it was a, a really different really landscape yeah absolutely and i think for me one of the things was i always used to describe people as shiny coaches so like i don't i there's nothing wrong with those people at all it's just that i'm not shiny like i often only wash my fringe <laughs> to appear like i'm clean <laughs> People think that the headscarf's like a fashion statement and it really is just covering up the Ming that's behind it. <laughs> but I'm not the sort of person who gets a blowout at the beginning of the week and like and and kind of maybe you might know. I don't even think because I know what would happen, like I'd sleep on it, it would look rubbish. It wouldn't matter how much money I spent on it. So I'm just not I just didn't see myself in that. I didn't see myself reflected and interestingly I've just done um a workshop in my membership group and this is another thing that comes up for me a lot and I was talking about a book called The Big Leap which I think you are a fan of I'm a fan of however and this is my issue with nearly every single like self-help type book I've read it's also like not nuanced enough for me at all mm -hmm. so like all the gray areas all of the privilege all of that stuff just doesn't get discussed mm -hmm in that space and so what i saw was a lot of like i was like yeah but and yeah and that's just but, it. yeah that was just it it's that yeah but when you're being presented with all this stuff and and i think shiny is such a good way of describing it because that is like like i call it the gloss yeah like everything just looks yes. so glossy everything was going to paris and having a photo shoot done and it's like yeah. well that looks lovely but i've got really no desire to go to paris yeah but like on the beach with a floaty caftan, which is amazing. It, but I think there's a lot of coaches in Australia. I think that's why. But yes, it's yes. just not like if you live in London or you live like where I do in Kent, like it's just not my reality. And it felt like that was almost a formula that was being sold. Yeah. Like this is, so it wasn't even like, this is what people do. Because if that's genuinely your life, that's floats yeah. your boat, then no judgment, that's fine. But it felt like this is what you need to do uh -huh. in order to be kind of in air quotes successful. Yeah. And that was kind of like, well, that isn't my reality. I'm not going to jump on the Eurostar and go to Paris. It's not me. Yeah. And it felt like, well, where can I be me and bring myself to the table um, within all of this? Yeah. So, 
And I think you said the key thing earlier, you're like, but I have, you said when you realised that you wanted to be that, even though it's taken you quite a long time to really acknowledge that, to put that title out there, it, um, you said, but I don't have all my shit together. Mm. And it's that thing, isn't it, where the, the thing that's being projected is, I'm complete, I'm done, now you can that's, become me. That's, oh, I don't think that's yeah. ever going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I wanted to be able to do it where I just rocked up and was me and that was enough and know that what I've got to share and what I can help women with is, it doesn't need to be that I'm some, it's not that everyone I work with wants to be me or needs to be, that isn't the aim. Whereas it felt like that was the aim to create all of these other people that just looked exactly the same, that were following the exact same formula. Yes. And that's what I associated with the word yeah. coach. It's so interesting that that was me when I first started like five or four, four or five years ago. And as time has gone on, I've been able to, the, the landscape has changed mm. and where you said that there's more coaches and mentors out there that you feel more aligned to and have created a space where they are more themselves that has come more recently and definitely my journey has been charted along yeah with that isn't that nice as well because it just shows like because as you were talking I was thinking like how can we want to do a job which we both do we talk about it with different words but it's the same thing it's wanting people particularly women to show up as themselves and know that that is a very powerful thing a very necessary thing and something that they absolutely are allowed like giving them permission almost how can we have that be our work but not show up as ourselves as exactly. it can't work exactly and it wasn't until i realized what it was part of my journey of what am I here for and what do I really want to do and who do I really want to work with that I was able to get to that place of well I can only do that being me and bingo that's all I want to do anyway so and, and I think it definitely helped that there was this almost feels like there's quite a few of us who are doing it that way yeah, so yeah. it's not all that you see is the shiny glossy yeah. version um in fact I I cleansed my feed a few years ago so I don't see any of that me neither I reckon I follow 10 coaches max, mm. I think, probably. Mm. I very much follow, with not before it was Lucy, Lucy Sheridan, who I know you know as well, she says about filling your feed up, like to help with comparison, fill your feed up with all sorts of different stuff. But I've always done that very naturally because I get obsessions. So like my, my current obsession is books. So I'm following a million bookstagram accounts, but it will be any number of things. So my feed has always been like that but there but there was a stage where that, that obsession was coaches yeah it exactly. didn't work so it's not filling up your instagram but then you're signing up to all the freebies so it's filling up your inbox and you're just being immersed in this and then you think that that's the only view of the world yeah if you are a coach if you are in that space so i know not everybody's listening is going to be but i really wanted people to be able to apply this to um various different industries like because I know it comes up where you've got like so for us the coaching noise is so loud because yeah your your Facebook feed is full of that your Instagram um, adverts you can fill your inbox up with it really really easily and you can start to believe that there's this path that you have to follow in order to be like so the next thing I should be doing is a funnel and then I should be doing Facebook ads and webinars where I'm not really there. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> I did one the other day and I was like. There's no way you're here. This is just a lie. Do you 
just tell me the truth. I wouldn't mind if it was pre-recorded. Exactly, but just tell me it's pre-recorded. I, I don't know. understand. And you know what? That's really interesting, right? Because it's like, we can talk about when we started and how we felt on realising, oh my goodness, mm. this is what we're going to be doing now. But I honestly, it like the conversations you were saying that we were having on WhatsApp only a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I find that it still seeps in. Mm now and absolutely if I don't have people to talk to about it if I don't have my kind of awareness up and I'm not kind of doing my mindset stuff then it will stop me from showing up and will absolutely make me play small what do you think it because I think whenever it comes up with this stuff generally when we're comparing ourselves to somebody else it's because of us it's something in us so if it's not too personal a question, what do no. you think when you see, when, when, you, when you find yourself slipping into that place, what is it bringing up in you that kind of, kind of, you know, what is it triggering in you? you well, think? it triggers in me. So it's different to, to, to the beginning. It was, um, oh no, I'm going to have to, where, where do I see myself kind of yes. within the cookie cutter type way of doing things. Now it brings up the fact that I feel like those kind of ways of doing things again no shade or judgment but makes me feel icky yeah and I don't want to be associated with something that I perceive to be icky yeah so there is there has been times definitely last year where I wouldn't put myself out there because I think well people might be looking at me and looking at these other kind of formulas and ways of coaches Mm. and ways of doing things and associating me in the same pot yeah so I don't want to go there. Would it be like, so if I put out a webinar, people are going to presume it's one of those icky webinars. Yes. Rather absolutely. than it could just be you teaching for an hour and giving like yes. an opportunity to work with you at the end, which is what webinars should be. Exactly. But I think, and I think that webinar example is so good because um, like I was planning to do a webinar this week, but I'm heavily pregnant and I had to check in with myself <laughs> and realise. But even then, when I do do it, when I come back after maternity leave, I call it an f- online class, mm. a free online class. And that's part of me disassociating myself with the notion of webinars because I've sat through so many awful webinars that promise to teach you something, teach you nothing, do a massive sales pitch. And not only the sales pitch, but they use psychological tactics to then make you feel bad about yourself. And so for me, it's if anybody else who's had that experience with webinars, hears that word, like a part of me hears that word and is like, oh, I kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) So for me to disassociate myself with that whole world is really important. And on one hand, I get that it's definitely probably still blocks in there and it's something within me. But then there's also something within the industry that I really like, don't like triggers me I feel is unethical yeah yeah it's one of my biggest um I don't know if fear is the right word but one of the things that like I do not want anyone to ever think that I am it's a snake oil it's a snake oil seller and I need to figure out because I said to you didn't I I feel like that's going to be one of those things that's going to come on an Instagram meme of things I shouldn't say (laughs) I've got it on one of my sales pages because that, yes. that's one of those things I was like, oh God, oh no, is that going to be one of those things? And I'm like, oh no, oh God. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do what I, that's one of my things. And that's why I am probably, like I said, I'm incapable of being, um, not being honest about things, but I think that I just am almost 
pathologically honest because I don't want anybody to think that I've got all my stuff together. I don't want anybody to think that um, I'm saying, if you work with me, you will make this much money. You might do, people have done. And so it's this really interesting like thing where you're like, I've got the evidence that somebody could do that, but I know it doesn't always happen. And I wanna be honest and it's, and this is my absolute new obsession. I just keep talking about everything I'm doing is it just doesn't make sense, doesn't make space for those gray areas. Mm. For, that, for some people, the rule of 1% works. So 1% of your audience will buy your stuff. For others, and this is me, and I don't, it might be you as well, I have, my numbers are higher than that, but do I wanna, how do I sell that to people? How do I communicate that to people without making them feel like, oh, she did it so I can do it? And it's that fine line, isn't it? It's so, it's so difficult, mm. but I think it's, it's where you're able to say that there are no guarantees. Yeah. Because there are no guarantees in life at all, but also that um, it's the journey. And I do think that the people then, the more that you put yourself out there as you, like we both attract the people who get it. And it's so funny because I had this thing last year as well, that because I wasn't selling six figures, mm. um, work with me and kind of earn six figures, that it wasn't tangible enough. Mm. And then when I put it out to my community and started talking to them about it and did a survey, it came back when I was like, what do you want from working with me? Six figures wasn't in the mix. Yes, they wanted to earn more money from the creative work that they're doing. Yes, they wanted to feel more fulfilled. They wanted to kind of be able to do certain things in life, but they're not the kind of women who want that. So I was kind of worrying over nothing because yeah. I'm not going to attract those women. So it's not yeah. a problem. Because it doesn't matter to you. And if it yeah. did matter, and there's, again, there's genuinely no judgment on this because I am somebody who wants to earn six figures. Like that is part of my dream, but it's not actually part of my dream for my clients. So mm. that influences the kind of coach I work with, but it's not something I don't like. For me, I want my clients to make money doing what really makes them happy. And I want them to be honest about money and excited about money. And that, that to me is part of taking up space, but I don't care how much that is. Mm. And I've had to kind of similarly be like, I think I'm okay with that, that I don't mind yeah. how much it is. It does influence which package of mine they, I might suggest they take because mm. of the monetary, like, what's the word? Exchange, I guess. Mm. Like, I don't want somebody to pay, unless they've got, like, they've got the money and they want to, but I don't want someone paying a load of money. If they actually, their dream is to earn a thousand pounds a month, then I'm not going to charge them other stuff. But that's why I have a load of different packages. Mm. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, to unpack that stuff step by step and kind of refine who you are and how you show up in the yeah. coaching world or, or exactly. any industry. Definitely. And it's the way it's done. So even though you're saying that you're, you want to earn six figures and so that influences who you work with, but even then who you decide to work with the way that they are promoting and selling what they're doing and what they're offering, yeah. it's still with integrity and it's yeah. still, Absolutely. Isn't yeah. it? It's still yeah. got that feeling that it's also about your life. It's not just about, and it's not about doing it in any, kind of by any means necessary. Exactly. Kind of, so it's it's got that feeling for it that is um, that is intangible sometimes. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Being okay with that. And that's why we need people to uh, be represented from lots of different places and faces mm -hmm. and bodies and accents and sexualities and disabilities and 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 the coaching industry has a long way to go with that 
I would say, a long way. It does. It, that was one thing. I mean, when I first started, definitely, it was just white, slim women that you would see, <laughs> usually blonde, um, but not exclusively. That was what you were seeing, kind yeah. of looking very glossy in these amazing locations. And, yeah. and that was it. And it's so easily missed as well. Like I went to an event that you went to actually. It was a great event and it had a really diverse speaking panel, but nobody was, nobody's body looked like mine. I can't remember if I've spoken to you about this. And afterwards, I remember being like, I'd love to be a speaker, but I don't think I can. I just don't think I can. I don't think I'll be a speaker. So I'm a size 16. So I'm not, you know, I always want to be really clear about this. I think it's called, um, I'm slim passing, I think is the term. So I'm not going to get yelled at in the street because of my weight. I don't go to the doctors and have somebody say, have the doctor say to me, oh, will you feel ill because of your weight? So my experience is very different. However, I still don't look, I still can't fit into clothes from Topshop. I still mm. can't like, you know, there's, I, I still, like, when people talk about sustainable clothes and they just say, just buy secondhand. If I go and buy secondhand, it's all horrible. Mm. It's all like Evans clothes and Evans has probably either gone bust or got better. But you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of stuff that I don't like. But anyway, so it, I realise I'm not putting myself in a certain bracket, but equally nobody at that event looked like me when it came to speaking. And I say that as a privileged white woman. And afterwards, just and that was just my first experience of going, right, that's because nobody's body looked like yours. And that you and so you think, and then obviously my next thought was, well, what is it like for a number of other people then who do never see anybody look like them? Imagine all the things that their subconscious says you can't do. Yeah, absolutely. And I know like taking like even a step back from entering this kind of world and, and this business, but growing up as a child I never saw me like I remember the first like <laughs> as a family um we would always watch Blind Date you know like back in the day Blind Date and if we were missing it whatever if there was a black person on Blind Date my grandmother would call the house because obviously the house <laughs> she'd call the house and be like make sure you're watching Blind Date there's a black person on it was that yeah like, it became like so all the family would call each other to say to watch Blind Date because I, love it. I remember the very first advert I saw was um, I think it was for Persil or one of those washing up brands and Chris Akabusi doing his positive mental action or I think that was yeah was it that PMA PMA yes and he was literally the first black person that I'd seen on an ad so yeah. I've gone through my whole life not seeing yeah. me and yes. I feel like there's this absolute groundswell happening, especially on Insta where we're hanging out a lot mm. and in the wider world where things are changing and yes. things are being spoken about that weren't being spoken about even up to five years ago mm. as openly as they are now. But that seeing yourself is so important. And that's, so, that's why I love the message that you've got about taking up space because the more women do that, it gives other women permission to do it because they see someone who's like them. So even if you feel like you're the first to take the baton and kind of do it, yeah, you are paving the way for other people. And it is so, so important. And I think one of my big things with taking up space is that it can be confronting sometimes. Like if a woman, so I always use an example of like women not making, not wearing makeup takes up space because people go, well, she looks a bit rough. Like, you know, because it's not what we expect. Yeah. And so sometimes there is an element of um, there being kind of 
not backlash is probably too strong, but like a double take from somebody or a bit of a like, you're not welcome here. But I realise that I think that from a place of white privilege. So for me, the consequences of that are not that great. Do you, so what would you say to women of colour with that? Who are thinking, I would like to take up space, but actually I feel like the consequences for me are greater than they are for a white woman. The reality is that they are greater. Yeah. So it's about you being able to reconcile with yourself if you're okay with that. And I don't believe, like, this work, it's, it's hard. Like, I would not rock up with no makeup. Like, I, I, I would think about things that little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and in some ways, I would take the easier route because I don't have the energy, yeah. the emotional capacity to not. Mm. Um, so I think it's up to the individual to decide whether they can take that yeah. on or not. I'm all about protecting your energy in every kind of facet of your life. And, yeah. and if you're not somebody who can do that, then you shouldn't feel the pressure to do it. What I do feel like you should encourage yourself to do, though, is if you've got that deep desire in your heart to be standing up for something, to be creating something, then go do that. Yes. But do it in a way, um, it's always going to feel confronting and challenging because you're stepping out into something new that's uncomfortable, but that desire will put, will kind of drive you and push you along. Yeah. It might not carry you to the point of not wearing makeup or doing other things that are kind of taking you way out there, mm. but it will take you far enough that you can kind of do the thing you want to do. And once you get more comfortable with that, if you really decide not to be wearing makeup and then you feel comfortable enough, you can go do that. But it's yeah. about you kind of deciding what works for you and protecting your energy at every stage. And for some women, like I've got a really, one of my really good friends, Nova Reed, she's a diversity mm. campaigner. That's what she does. And so when we talk a lot, I'm always kind of wanting to, protect her mm. and to just remind her about self-care which she's very good at doing anyway but it is so important in the work that she does the emotional labor that she puts into it holding up my hands I couldn't do that no. that's no. not it I don't have the capacity to be able to do that I am able to dip in and dip out mm. with what works for me but it's not my god-given kind of no. uh, thing to do I don't feel whereas it is hers so I think it's just about deciding how far you want to go with it but not letting it stop your dreams that's the yeah. ultimate thing so you decide what it is that is in your heart mm. and you go for that and I think it's so important and I, I think I would have been guilty of this not that long ago of being like you be yourself no matter what the consequences because I didn't appreciate that the consequences are so much greater for different people. I think even for women who are like of size, that mm. if they go out in tracksuit bottoms, the dis discussion around them is very different yes. to a woman who's a size 10 going out in leisure wear. Yeah. Like from many different angles, from like being lazy, for it being inappropriate, like all different things that would come up. Mm. Um, and so that kind of idea that, you know, you can just be yourself and it's easy. It's just such nonsense. It's nonsense for white women, like who are the most privileged of women. Mm. But it's yeah. like, so for, for other people as well, it's just. Yeah. It is. And I feel like that's one of the things that I talk about actually is because it feels like on Instagram, because that's my like 
you know, reference for everything. (laughs) (laughs) But it feels like there's so many things, and especially maybe it's easier for millennials, I don't know, but of just be yourself. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, sometimes being yourself is one of the hardest things to be. Yeah. And for everybody, and yeah. I know for, for women of colour, the heart that the being yourself is something that just wasn't acceptable. Like, so now I have my hair in braids, for instance. Yeah. Um, when I first started working, when I graduated from university in 2002 and started working in fashion marketing, I could not have had my hair like this. Guaranteed, I would not have got the job if I'd gone in with my hair like this. Mm. Now, it's fine, but then it mm. wasn't. So it was constantly code switching, tone policing, being a different person to be able to survive and then thrive in those kind of environments. So for women like me to get to this stage now, um, being yourself is a journey of unlearning and learning. And for so many of the women that I work with, it's like, I don't know who I am. For me to be myself, I don't know where to start because I'm so used to being what I needed to be. Yeah. to conform to what society said yeah was the thing yeah yeah exactly so yeah. um it's so layered and and where you said um earlier about the big leap mm-hmm. and it not being nuanced enough yeah I think it all links back to that because so much of personal development it's not nuanced enough <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally, I, I keep pulling faces when I do podcasts. <laughs> I need to, I've got such an expressive face, but I'm just like, no, I'm doing a wide-eyed, like, stare, because it drives me absolutely mad. And maybe I shouldn't judge until I've written a book, and maybe I'll be like, oh, I kind of get it now, because it would be like, I don't know, like, the biggest book ever, Re- write the Bible about, <laughs> about it. But It wouldn't be right, because I think it's just recognising that there are different experiences. Yeah. That's, and yeah. that's partly the issue I had with coaching. Like, so the surface level in the beginning was that it was all shiny and glossy. Yeah. But as it went on, it was like, actually, some of this stuff isn't sitting right with me. Yes. And yeah. it's that, it's that not, the way you said it's not nuanced enough is exactly it. Yeah. And it's tricky because it's far easier to sell something completely, I don't know if unnuanced is a word, but something very like one dimensional. It's much mm. easier sell that do this and this will happen buy my stuff and you will become this but the fact is so both of us in our work we aim for our clients to feel more like themselves when they finish working with us than when they started but something could happen in the midst of that life happens something really serious could happen they could bring something up that's actually really not something that they can sort through within the time frame we're working together there's loads of things. I remember Susie saying, I think, oh, on your podcast, when she was on your podcast, you said it. You said something she'd said like a year or two ago. You were like, oh, I get that now. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all of those things where like, you know, we'll suddenly be like, oh, but the idea that it is like, just stop doing this. Just start doing that. Like even sort of, so my favorite example of that is visualization. So I love a bit of a visualization. Have you heard of a thing called aphantasia? No. Aphantasia is a thing. My husband has it. We discovered after some of my clients said they had it, where people can't visualize. (laughs) Exactly. So my husband, and it really makes sense now, a number of things with him. If he can recall 
what someone looks like, but he can't imagine it. So I can close my eyes, picture a beach. I could have waves. I can make it more colourful, less colourful. But there's, there's, it's a complete spectrum. So as coaches, we're going into being like, just visualise this. And one of my clients had a really emotional response. She was like, I can't do that. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. So like all these different things of like, just do this, just do that. and for me as well like I did a post on Insta about it that kind of um hit the nerve of quite a few people but it was about the law of attraction I saw that yeah and it was about the notion of manifesting Mm. and that again is one of the things now it's almost talking to you I'm putting the, the pieces of the puzzle together as to why as to this aversion to the general coaching industry mm. has changed, but is absolutely still there. And it's partly because a lot of it is not all coaches and not all personal development is wrapped around the law of attraction. Of course not. No. But there is that notion of a higher power. Yeah. There's that notion of personal responsibility. There's a notion of your thoughts and all of those kind of things, even if it's not wrapped up as spirituality or the law of attraction. And it hasn't sat right with me for a while, but I kind of wasn't brave enough to talk about it. Um, and the reason I wasn't brave enough to talk about it is quite ironic as well. I wasn't brave enough to talk about it because it, I perceived it to be negative. And I don't want to bring this negative talk to people's yeah. door to attract yeah. more negativity to them, like, which in itself is just BS. Yes, but um, it's, that, it's that notion for me of per- personal responsibility Mm. and it puts all of the onus personal responsibility is a powerful thing and it's really important and it's what can ultimately empower us to get out of our situations or make changes or do the things we want to do um but what it doesn't do in the way it's spoken about it it assumes that everyone is talking from the same place yeah yeah and that's just unfair yeah And, and untrue yeah it's 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 unfair that it's untrue if that makes Ooh. sense because obviously we should in you know we are all born equal but mm. that but that that's it after that it we do not experience equality no and even yeah. like to say that we were all born equal i don't know the stats but i know that um uh mortality yeah for true. black mothers is super high yeah, yeah, so yeah. even at yeah. the point of like birth and pregnancy it's not necessarily equal and poverty can mean that the mother's in a different situation or parents or what have you I've heard people say we're born spiritually equal yes but yeah no as soon as you're like so maybe I mean yeah you're not even conceived equal in terms Mm. of your actual experience because obviously the rates of various things like um even health during pregnancy would be different depending if you're born in certain countries but each human life is value yeah I get what you mean yes but it doesn't yeah yeah because it like we can say that but actually the actions of our governments do not bear that out exactly and so then for personal development well coaches whatever to be like just change your thoughts or choose different thoughts or do this or do that and it's like yeah but if you've had a really like I always use this example and I never tell my husband I use this example, but as, <laughs> but as a, so for instance, we have a nice car 
Yes. We live in London. We can both be driving that car and him as a black man will get stopped by the police. Yeah. Like I've never been stopped by the police yeah. in my all my 20 years of driving. Never. He has yeah. been stopped so many times. A bit less now we've got a kid because there's a kid in the car with a kid's sign. So it, it's yes, kind of a traumatised her. Exactly. But prior to that, he would get stopped all the time. And so if he's just been stopped and just been kind of hassled, aggravated, whatever, for no reason, he gets home and then has to do something or he gets to work or sits down to do whatever, his headspace is going to be different to mine. Yes. Who hasn't had to experience that, right? Let alone somebody who's walking out of the door every single day and experiencing systematic racism or whatever your head is in a different space yeah and it doesn't mean that you can't try and change your thoughts it doesn't mean that you can't do the work but let's just have some recognition that it's going to be harder for you the part is going that's, to that's almost all I want yeah it's someone to say yeah I get it I get that there's going to be ancestral trauma that means that you are starting kind of 100 meters back yeah yeah <laughs> Do you know what I've been thinking? I wasn't going to say this. I was going to talk to you about it, but I wasn't going to say the recording. So we'll see how this goes as to whether or not we keep it in. It was <laughs> that you did and you said you particularly wanted to work with, I think you said with women of colour in your post. And I thought, and I know that a number of people who've had really, of with people of colour who've had really tricky experiences with counsellors, not understanding and therapists, not understanding where they're coming from and equating it to things in their white lives that are not mm. the same and really not making space for it and in that moment I thought and this would totally depend because I do have clients that aren't white but I did think there'll be some clients that it is not appropriate that I work with because mm. I won't understand you know what way I don't know you know what? I don't agree I think it's just the having the awareness is enough yeah. I don't think you need to have experienced it and in some circumstances I think it's helpful to have someone who hasn't experienced yeah it. that's interesting like even though yeah it's coach the mental we have that distance anyway but I think that it is it's helpful like to have to have that perspective so <laughs> I don't think that like hear you and listen mm, exactly like depending on I don't want to be like actually I'm white and I'm going to tell you about this. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I just do wonder if sometimes there might be situations where maybe, I don't know, that things could come up that I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to comprehend. And, and I think that that's okay. As long as you're yeah. creating this space where they can, sh they feel safe enough to yeah. share. Because yeah. that is a massive part of it. Being and safe enough to share. Yes. And, and let me be very clear. This is not me saying I'm no longer working with black women. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying <laughs> I shouldn't even say that that could be taken out of context yeah I wonder if it would be for them to decide and then go and I would have no issue if they're like do you know what I just need to work with a coach that yes. gets this exactly. and that would be I would be like yeah totally yeah. in the same way that I know sometimes mothers have wanted to work with coaches who are mothers because they can't have someone who says to them just get up at four in the morning because they're just like I can't get up at four in the morning leave me alone I've gone um, to bed at 3.55 <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just really made me think, be like, ah, oh, that's interesting. And it shows how much our, our, our understanding, and maybe this is just as what for white women, actually, because like we just were not, a lot of us were not aware of this stuff until the last yeah. year or two. Um, but whereas before it would have been like, I could never say that I would not work with somebody because of their colour. 
Like, and obviously I would never suggest it, but now I get it. I wouldn't think anything badly of that person if that was their decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it just is testament to your um, openness and awareness. I, the, the fact that you're thinking that. And like, so for instance, with my clients, I have, um, I would say that they're 50-50 between mm-hmm. white and black women. And I love working with both. But whoever works with me knows it's not the main kind of crux of my content, but it's definitely a thread. So if yeah. you're not here for this, then you probably wouldn't want to work with me um but and I know that some of the black women that work with me are looking for a woman of color to work with because a part of their unpacking part of their unblocking part of what's stopping them from pressing record or go live on Instagram is because of the stuff to do with their race that they need to work through and they feel like they need a woman of color to work through with someone who gets it so I know Mm -hmm. definitely but then on the um on the other side, that there, there are lots of white women I work with as well who just like the other stuff and just like me. And, and maybe also I think that there's a thread of it that everyone can get totally. that they can identify with, even if it's kind of, it's not the race thing. There's like, I'll talk about people pleasing and mm-hmm. being the good girl, yeah. which for me can come from a certain place, but it, that absolutely resonates yeah. with other people as well um but with you with going back to your point I think that it can be really refreshing I know for me when I've looked for people to work with some people I know that it's a racing and I want a woman of color who gets it so they can kind of unpack that stuff yeah. with me but then also it's about the person yeah and sometimes somebody who it isn't their direct experience can open up the possibilities even more yeah Yes. as well yes. so it's I just yeah. think it's interesting from my point of view to like because for me the and, and I talk a lot about emotional privilege as well in what I do so like the fact that depending on your upbringing you will have uh, and also you know if you have any mental health issues or all sorts of different things how your experience was at school like so many things relationships you will have a well of confidence that you can access or not access and for me my upbringing means that I can access that well of confidence relatively easy. It doesn't mean it's not shaken. It doesn't mean that I always think I'm amazing at all. Um, And there are definite areas that I find really hard body confidence being one of them, being a child, being a child with boobs is not fun. Um, (laughs) Not fun at all. Um, So that like, and developing like lots of things like really shook that confidence, but yeah, my well of confidence is, easily accessible and runs pretty deep and that isn't the case for lots of people Mm. so it's one thing for me to go just do it doesn't matter just press 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 the live button you'll be fine it's just you just your brain just thinks you're gonna die but nothing's gonna happen you'll be absolutely fine it's not actually a nuanced enough approach for a lot of people for some people yeah that's all it takes but that's why I did a visibility course because it was like you actually need to unpack more than just like just do it. It yes. doesn't work for everybody. Sometimes you need to go through some deep self acceptance to do a live video. Yeah, yeah. And isn't it interesting as well that a lot of the visibility piece is about what what we're thinking, other people are thinking. Yeah. And I know that as a woman of color, you are constantly wondering what other people are thinking, yeah. and having that knowing that you walk into a room and there's certain perceptions going on that you need to dispel to get what you want and so 
it's almost like it was trained into me as a child. And then I went into marketing, which is all like traditional marketing is all about perception, like customer perception. Yeah. yeah. So I was so well trained on mm. being able to curate what people thought of me, being thinking about what people thought of me, because that is so important. So yeah. when I first started going, like doing videos and being visible five years ago, it was that whole what are people going to think and trying to over manage that mm. um to the nth degree and i find that really interesting about visibility that it's almost it's a, it's that judgment it's that whole judgment piece as well but i suppose when we look at the nuanced version of that it's like but why is that yeah judgment there I and mean, it can even go to an example i was talking about i took um my daughter to a doctor the other day and it was a, a private doctor and I walked in and I took my mum with me and I've like got my big belly and had my Nike maxes on and stuff and I walked in and I know that that consultant had built up a picture of me as soon as I walked in the room like he was not expecting Nicola Ray Wickham to look the way that she did skin colour she did not expect her to be in her leggings and Nike maxes with a big belly, with her mom. So he had kind of yeah. ideas about me. And I could see that. Mm. I knew that, I could, I could feel it. As soon as I opened my mouth, the perception started to change because I know how to articulate myself. I know that I need to, to act a certain way to get the attention that I needed for my daughter. So that's just an example of where it's that perception piece constantly so then if you take it back to the woman who's there needs to go live on Instagram or she's got all of those years of conditioning yeah. of going into the workplace and being like I can't have my hair like this or yeah. I can't really talk about it. like I remember when I first started working I was such a raver <laughs> in my teenage years I was such a garage girl but I would go into these offices and I wouldn't tell them that I was at like back to 95 in Vauxhall Coliseum <laughs> on the weekend <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> do you know what I mean because then I believe that they would have a certain perception yeah of me things have yeah. changed now though one of the things with visibility that I say and it's from playing well it's it's not it's it's something I took from playing big and kind of moved around she talks about um the way in which uh, when women walk into a room they can read a room and they can yeah. read so exactly what you did with that doctor that you can read perceptions and and the way that our ability to feel emotions and empathize and stuff means that we are um able to read that stuff um and actually maybe it's everybody but white men that can do that because we have to do it because <laughs> they don't need to, <laughs> they don't need to. So, um, but anyway so she talks about that and I, I i then was like oh my god so what happens when you're doing a live video and there's nobody re no reaction other than the algorithm controlled likes and comments and stuff. So you go and do a live and there's no like, like, so for you with that doctor, it was like, okay, I see that I'm changing his perspective, which is so messed up, not on your part, but that you start to feel better because you'd made him feel better about you. When it's totally on him that he had a perception of just a woman walking in, a white woman walking in in exactly the same way. He would have just been like, oh, hi. Exactly. Like exactly. So, and it's almost like I was forced into it because I knew I needed to get the attention and outcomes for my daughter. So it's yeah. like I need to yeah. Yeah. play the game. Yeah. And fight harder, which is always the thing, yeah. isn't it? Like the fighting yeah. harder. But yeah, that it is so hard when you then don't have that reflection back. You have mm. nothing back to you. Mm. Um, yes. I think that 
I guess what I was going to say was just that it's you can see how important it is when you were looking at those coaches and when I was as well just to not see yourself reflected in any way not just in terms of how they present themselves but also in terms of um what they're talking about and mm. and even our, our images and stuff the words that accompany those images are so important it's so important to have a rounded brand I guess when it comes to the sort of work we do yeah absolutely and also to I, I do feel and again that's why I love your message so much is that when you're doing that work to take up space and when you're stepping into becoming more of yourself whether that's an easy kind of switch on for you or it takes more work then you get more comfortable with yourself so if you're doing that live and you're not getting any interaction you're like it's okay because I trust that it's going to reach the right people I feel happy doing this I know that my woman man whatever whoever your target audience is needs to hear this and that's enough yeah. You to continue to put out, put out the work, show up, and then rock on with your day and do something else. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it's all a, it is that personal journey that it comes back to you and you being more of yourself and, and yeah. that kind of thing has that ripple effect. Totally. But I suppose what we're saying is that it's not always easy in the beginning. No, and that there are many layers of reasons that it won't be, which are not confined to colour, but... Mm include that like there are so many different things that show up about why why we shouldn't be yeah. a certain way and why we and can't even, feel things about ourselves absolutely and even this is just so important because what we're doing is saying that this is the like it's okay yeah. isn't it like it's almost that message is just blanked out and it's like you just do it and you look like this and it sounds like this and it's like well actually we're recognizing that it's different for different people Yes, and you might be finding it harder or easier. Yeah, but it's layered and it's nuanced, and that is normal, and that's okay. Yeah, and that there are black women who this doesn't bother, and there yes. are white women who are like absolutely frozen yeah. because they can't do it. And I think that's—I mean, I'm angry with Instagram generally at the moment because I feel like the nuance is needed in a lot of conversations where it's not existing. So I'm—I keep kind of talk about like in lots of conversations, just like let like let's talk about all the different layers not necessarily we can't name all of them but let's just accept they exist in a lot of yeah. these things yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that we can't be telling people who they are and how they should be responding to things exactly this is the conversation i would have needed yeah like four yeah. years ago this yeah. would have been the godsend so if it's helping anyone else who's in that like feeling like i'm not normal and i'm the only one who's feeling like this yeah. it's like well actually no yeah yeah and i think as well to like like do follow the people that do inspire you because I have I have found those people and actually through going through um what was really tricky over the last few months I have then reached out to them more like to you and to some other people as well and now feel much more like oh look at that totally not alone never was what was I doing <laughs> yeah exactly it makes such a difference isn't it yeah, totally such a difference. okay thank you so much for Nicholas squeezed me in so last minute on this so I really really appreciate it because <laughs> she's about to pop a baby out and so oh, we only do it this week um but yeah thank you so much and um yeah I hope everyone enjoyed listening and I'll uh, see you soon so there we go thank you for listening to our chat um it stayed with me for days that chat um I feel yeah I just 
I just love talking to her. So um, you can find more of what Nicola does on her website, which is alifemoreinspired.com. She's on Instagram at alifemoreinspired. Um, and you can buy her amazing affirmation cards on her website there. Oh, and she also has a podcast. You can find that via her website as well. You can find more of me on Instagram. I'm at Ray underscore Dodd. My website is raydodd.co.uk. Um, and I also have a Facebook group, which is called Finding Your Space in Business and Beyond. And lastly, before I go, don't forget about my event on the 27th of April of 2019. Um, there are still tickets at the time of recording. So do check out my website where you'll be able to grab yourself one. Thank you, as always, for listening. I really appreciate it. If you do feel that you'd like to, please rate the podcast and leave me a review too. I'll see you soon.